Plundergrounds, Plundergrounds, welcome back to a brand new show. Ray's gonna take you where you didn't know you wanted to go. Fantasy and dungeon delve, science fiction, watch yourselves. Hi everybody, I have got an exciting zine to talk about today. It's called Blood Heist by Leo Hunt and Louis Garvey. It is eight and a half inches tall, five and three quarter inches wide, so solidly a digest sized zine. It's in full color, but um, that's restrained to red, black, tones of gray on white paper mostly. Although there's some on black paper and some on red paper here. So, you know, it can be uh, toned behind as well as in front. Um, really beautiful, really well laid out. Uh, just a brilliant zine. I'm going to just spoil everything and tell you to go buy it now. Um, but uh, then let me get into the particulars. Uh, first of all, this is kind of an irrelevant piece. Not irrelevant, but um, an aside, if you will. There's an insert uh, that is a one kind of U.S. letter page sized broadsheet, um, like an old newspaper that's printed on both sides. And it's called the Penny D. Redful. Uh, scandal sheet and so that's obviously a, a play on the old penny dreadfuls um, and it's got uh, f you know articles and funny um, ads uh, for like uh, Brown's best bats and um, visit Lake Deathmere <laughs> and uh, just I mean it's just kind of a neat little flavor add-in right so let's let's uh, just get that out of the way very cool all right this book my goodness, um, so many things to say about it. It's an original system. It is based in a gothic horror world where vamp uh, where Dracula essentially took over um, and uh, vampire houses rule the world. There are both humans and vampires, and that's just the norm. And it's primarily stuck in um, kind of a, an Elizabethan or Victorian age, uh, but with some, uh, with some discrepancies. So the, the ruling vampires like things the way they are. They don't like change. So they only allow the changes that are conveniences and whatnot. Um, so it makes for a very interesting and kind of cool world and explains why everything is, has been kind of arrested at a certain point. Uh, it's got a table of contents, which is nice. It's laid out in a, um, it has that kind of old time newspaper feel at, at times, which is cool. Like, um, probably, you know, 19th century, 18th century newspapers. Um, it's done in I.M. Fell, which you're, if you're familiar with that font, has that kind of feel to it. Um, but uh, whoever, I think it's, so design and writing by Leo Hunt, illustrated by Lewis Garvey. I'm guessing it's Leo Hunt then that did this layout and it just, you know, he, he got it, right? He has looked at the source material and nailed the kind of, changes in font sizes and the switching back and forth from caps to no caps and things like that that make it feel right uh, for its uh, tone. So just I'm going to give this thing an A plus on tone and look and feel just straight up. Um, cardstock cover, uh, you know, reasonable paper interior. Um, it is 60 pages long including the covers and it, uh, it is a complete game system that has, uh, I feel like I see inspirations from lasers and feelings in terms of dice pools and how many dice you get to roll and why you get to roll the number of dice you do. Um, and I see that in Dungeon World in 
the way that successes work. So you have both full successes and kind of split successes and failures and like other, you know, dreadful failures. Um, it has a little bit of Cthulhu Dark or Don't Rest Your Head in it in that it has a Doom mechanic that's also dice and you kind of roll um, those uh, alongside your normal pool of dice. And if the highest number is on one of these, uh, they suggest you have light colored dice and dark colored dice. You only need about four of each tops. You'll, you'll only ever need, uh, let me, I'm trying to give the overview here. I'll come back to the mechanics in a minute. <laughs> Um, there are these doom dice that can kind of take over and uh, push you towards death and or um, a kind of a kind of insanity they call they call a folly um, a recklessness if you will um, I see elements of dungeon world in the advice you know it's that it's got some of that um, you know ask players what they do and um, play to find out what happens and things like that. I see a lot of maze rats in the tables. So um, there's all these generative tables that are D66 tables, but they're basically just expressed as six columns of six words, right? So you roll a D6 and then go over that many columns and then uh, roll another D6 and go down that many words to get your answer. And they're wonderful. The tables are very much like maze rats in that they are inventive, um, exhaustive, and they pack so much flavor into them that it's just amazing. There's tables for vampire names and quirks and traits, NPCs. There's a, a tables for NPC humans names, quirks and traits. Um, one of the cool things is there's like a in the vampire names there's a table for good vampires and evil vampires, right? Like you, villainous vampires, let's say, not good and evil necessarily. Um, there are um, just tables for everything, and they're just really cool. There's so much packed into the zine. It's it really it really deserves to be a hardcover, full on book, and I can't say enough good things about it. Right. So um, what's going on in this? I mentioned that it's set in a pseudo-Gothic world. The characters are um, either uh, humans or vampires. Uh, think of them as kind of low-level, both, uh, who are uh, coordinating to a heist, to do a heist, to steal something from a notable vampire, a powerful vampire, a rich vampire. It... Um, you, uh, it's the game is for three to seven players, which I think sounds about right. Um, you, the, as characters, you don't have any stats, so there's no nothing to worry about stats wise. You only have skills and tools, and you get those from a combination of whether you are a human or vampire and which uh, background you choose. I can't remember what they call them, but uh, but it's basically like your classes, right? And uh, you don't have any hit points. You just have these doom dice. Um, there are spell-like things called rituals, usually involving your own blood. And if you take a ritual, anybody can take a ritual so you can learn some magic. But if you do that, it raises your doom dice by one. And uh, you have to always roll a doom die when you do a ritual. Now, honestly, I'm just going to say I, I kind of wish I'd thought of this system for sorcerers and swords. This, this game is... Um, just right in my opinion like it's just got everything so perfect and i i, I really kind of can't wait to play it um right so um what else do i need to say lots lots let's just kind of work our way through the zine here um there's a there's a great piece on the world itself that has the tenets of the world with a description after each the tone of, of the writing is uh 
informative, clear, and also uh, flavorful, quirky, funny. Um, I don't know how to say it without being, you know, it's a little tongue-in-cheek without being obnoxious that way at all. Uh, so, but here are the tenets. The world is ruled by vampires. Uh, the vampires obey some rules, like they, they can't cross running water. Um, they have vulnerabilities to things like sunlight. Uh, they can't come into a building without being invited. And that includes player character vampires. <laughs> uh, vampires hate each other, so they're, they're petty and jealous. Um, everyone sucks up to the vampires, meaning uh, if you're not one of the rich or the, you know, the elite, then you're catering the favor of those. Um, life is convenient for vampires, so since vampires are the ruling class, they've structured society to fit their needs, meaning um, during the day most things are closed, right? It's kind of a reverse world where everything's open at night and um, everything is archaic. I mentioned that before, that vampires don't like change. Uh, the church has been assimilated. Uh, that is basically, there's a cult of Dracula. I think it's called, let's see, the Church of Dracula the Redeemer. Um, an inversion of Christianity that venerates the Red Emperor as God. So there you go. Um, and Dracula is absent. Uh, he, had, he made his last public appearance over 50 years ago. Rumors abound over what happened to him, but nobody's sure. His imperial flag still flies above his citadel in London, so presumably it is in residence. In his absence, the great, homes, uh, the great houses jostle frantically for control of the undying empire. So that's your, that's your setting. Um, all in one page, by the way. Basic rules um, in two pages, right? So you roll the dice, um, you get one die no matter what, you get another die if you have a relevant skill, you get another die if you have a relevant tool, and you get another die if you're aided by another thief or NPC. So the maximum you can roll is four. Um, you also roll doom dice according to your current doom. And uh, if the highest die, well, so you look for the highest die and a one is a catastrophe, two to three is a failure, four to five is a mixed success, and six is a full success. If you um, fail and want to re-roll, you kind of change your strategy a little and you can re-roll all the dice, but you have to increase your doom die by one. If the highest die in your pool is a doom die, um, and the result exceeds your current doom score, then you have to increase your doom score by one. And there are ways to, to decrease your doom score, both both by um, just finishing an adventure and by screwing over your fellow players a little bit. So there's a little there's a little bit of PvP in here, but it's done in the spirit of um, you're not necessarily a nice person and as you get as your doom approaches you get more desperate and you're more likely to like sabotage another player like you know cut a rope that they're climbing up on or something um keep in mind your thieves and double crossing is just kind of nature of the game i guess all right um follies this is when your doom score reaches three um and your doom score can't reach uh at six you're basically uh, meeting your awful end they call it but um, when your doom score reaches three, you get a folly, which is uh, a, a pervading sense of uh, doom that causes you to act in a certain way, and they're very clever. Um, let's see, sabotage is how one of the ways I mentioned before how you can lower your doom dice. The awful end is uh, the dealer, uh, which is their name for the GM, um, because there are cards in play here too, but I'll explain those in a minute, uh, gets to decide your fate. Um, and there is a table of dooms, grand dooms that you can look at, but basically it's the you know it's the end of your character, and but it doesn't happen right away. You get to play it out, which is cool. Uh, let's see, 
there's rules for opposed roles if you need it. Um, if, if two players are trying to do things in competition with each other, uh, there's a die of fate rule for the GM. The GM doesn't roll much, uh, but if, if the GM wanted to know like an arbitrary result, you could do that. All right. Uh, there's it, The game is primarily made for a one-shot, but there are rules for advancement. Uh, where you learn new skills, or and you, they have this great rule in here. I I never thought of this one before, but this is really good. It's called forgetting skills. If a player did not use a skill during the heist, they must mark the unused skill with an X. If a skill marked in this way goes unused during a second heist, it must be erased from the player's criminal record. Which the criminal record is your character sheet. Again, a bit of flavor there. That's really cool. So smart, right? Like you can't just acquire a bunch of skills if you're not going to use them. Uh, Right, uh, and you can master rituals in a way that keeps your uh, doom dice down. You know what? I misspoke earlier. Um, I, learning a ritual doesn't raise your doom dice pool; it raises the minimum that your doom dice pool can be. Right, so you might start off. With, I think you start off with one doom die. I believe that's right. Um, but if you learned a ritual, you'd start off. You can never go below two doom. Right, so you immediately gain a doom, um, and then you never get below two unless you master the ritual, in which case you can go back down. But... All right, so when you create a thief, you roll to see if you're human or vampire, and then you can choose a role for professions. There are murderers, shadowjacks, lie smiths, gearheads, alchemists, and occultists. Those are kind of what they sound like. I don't. Um, maybe the one that is the most um, uh, obscure is the lie smith, but you're just a you know you're a charming user manipulator essentially. Um, I won't go too much into those. Uh, plenty of tables here again. First name, surname, face, body, attire, demeanor. Um, the the there's so many good little like spot illustrations in this thing, um, and I mean like oh my gosh, I love the zine. I love it. It's it's, it's probably one of the best zines I've seen in couple years. Um, the rules for vampires, uh, again, first name, surname, face, vampiric mark, attire, and demeanor for vampires. Um, vampire houses, and so some of your skills as a vampire come from your house. Uh, for instance, House Omadios, uh, they get a tool called the Toque Blanche, um, which is a tall white hat of the master chef, a symbol of culinary authority. And their skill is exquisite taste. You can ascertain who last touched an object by licking it. <laughs> uh, the first time I rolled, I got one. Uh, what house did I get? Um, oh, here it is. House Proteus. Worn, uh, you get a, your tool is a porcelain mask worn in the original dramas of the Undying Empire, unsettling to some. Your skill is mimicry. If you've watched someone speak and move, you can mimic them accurately. So very cool little, um, just very cool little flavorful skills. And they're meant to be powerful. I noticed in one place in the human skills, there is a um, animal handling kind of skill that uh, basically just says, you know, farm animals are putty in your hands kind of thing. It's like, uh, in fact, let's see if I can find that here. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to find it off the top of my head. But at any rate, there's, it's, uh, you know, it, it, these are supposed meant to be things you're really good at. And it can't be abused because it doesn't really ever increase. Like, a skill is a skill. There's no um, ranks in skill. You just have it or you don't. And that gives you one die, always, period. Um, the tool gives you another die. 
So, you know, if you had animal handling and, a, and a, um, some kind of bridle or lead or something like that, then you'd get one die for each of those. And then if somebody was um, behind, let's say it's a donkey, somebody's behind the donkey uh, whacking it on the butt with a stick every so often when it doesn't move, that's an assist. So you get another die for that. And so you'd be rolling four dice because of your original, like everybody gets one. Okay. Um, the rituals are, let me read a ritual just so you get an example. Let's see, um, let's go with 43, corpse puppet. Touch a corpse on the forehead. It will rise and move as you command until your concentration is broken. Um, there's a one with a detaching shadow. There's, uh, yeah, bloody gaze. Um, <laughs> uh, follies, here's a, a good example of the follies. Um, <laughs> Emperor's Folly. While you are wearing clothes, you cannot roll base dice. <laughs> so, you... <laughs> um, see, what are... I think your base dice is just your... is the one die you get automatically. Is that right? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really sure about that. I have to reread that. But yeah, you basically get a penalty if you don't fulfill these conditions. Um, here's another good one. Fire starters folly. Unless you are in sight of a blazing fire, you cannot roll base dice. So I can imagine, um, how would you always be in, in sight of a blazing fire? Hmm, I wonder. Um, yeah, knight's folly. Unless you are mounted upon a quote-unquote steed and wielding a quote-unquote sword, you cannot roll base dice. So <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Um, there are optional rules for things called secrets, where everybody draws a card from a deck of cards, and then um, that serves as an oracle. Um, and so let's just pick the nine of hearts. You are in love with the player opposite you. You must get their approval before any action you take. And let's take a spades. Each, each of these has a different kind of flavor, right, each suit. Um, let's take the, the three of spades. The player sitting on your left must meet their awful end during the heist. <laughs> Wow. Uh, a 10 says, leave no witnesses to the heist. All right. Uh, clubs. Um, let's take the king of clubs. Play this card to activate the mind control trigger the court has implanted into an NPC. They go into a killing fr frenzy, attacking everyone in sight. Wow. That's awesome. All right. Uh, and then we'll take a three of diamonds. You have, a reasonably you have reasonably convincing false jewels. Gain a tool, ersatz emeralds. Um, so you got some fake diamonds or fake emeralds you can pass off right okay um, lots of advice on running the game building a highest escalating tension um, dealing with mixed successes a whole page on mixed successes which is great uh, I think that's something that people struggle with struggle with in the dungeon world or apocalypse world kind of system um, and the mantras here on the page they, they, they do a good job of um, there's kind of like one line uh, summary, basically the, the heading of the paragraph, and then there's description, right? So um, when I was reading off the tops of the vampire world to kind of give you an idea what the vampire world was like, I was reading those headlines and then the description. So, uh, by the way, my heater came on, so if you hear a um, background noise, that's what that is. I apologize. Um, all right, so under mixed successes, they have give them what they wanted but at a cost, or give them what they wanted but not the way they imagined or out of the frying pan and into the fire, or introduce a new obligation, introduce the downside of a tool, say nothing but note down a future threat, right? That's always a good one. You just kind of go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you make a mark on your paper and <laughs> watch them go, what, what? Um, right, so there's an oracle that helps you put together, um, it's almost like uh, tarot cards that helps you put together 
but you just roll for them. Um, helps you put together adventure ideas, right? This was one of the very few typos I found in my first read-through. Um, and maybe I just don't understand it, but basically this is a D66 table. And it says, uh, roll 2D6 and cross-reference both numbers to find the appropriate symbol. So, uh, but then the author picks two different words out of these tables as if he rolled twice uh, or as if he used the number both ways. So let's say you roll a 41, right? That's also a 14 if you just rearrange the dice. But the two examples he, give, he gives are not uh, positioned that way in the table. So I don't know. It's a really, really minor discrepancy there that I think has just probably come through editing. Maybe something on the table got moved. Maybe it said roll 2d6 twice or, you know, um, and somebody thought that was a typo or whatever. It's really minor. Um, but, you know, overall this thing's written extremely well. Uh, some advice on facts and this troubleshooting, changing the game up. Uh, this is really cool. Um, a piece on inventing new skills and tools, new rituals, new species, new secrets, even a new setting. That's a great bit of advice. And then um, a bit on the grand dooms. So let's pick a doom here. Um, doom of the deep. The dark and silent water rises to claim you. It is patient. It is slow. It will find you. Even now it rumbles in the plumbing, it creeps through the rusting pipes, it seeps beneath the door. So um, this is, when, you, when your doom reaches six, this is the thing that's coming for you, right? Um, doom of flies, your flesh is host to maggots and rot, the worm will conquer. Your skin peels, your teeth loosen, your shambling cadaver can only hold together for so long you have but hours, right? So this gives you, as the G GM or as the dealer, some advice on on cursing players with their ultimate awful fate um, and showing it to them. Now there's ways you can come back from this, I think. I think once you hit six, you can still come back by reducing your, your doom. Um, so that would give you kind of like, you know, maybe they can escape it for a little while. Um, tables for locations, tables for prizes, vampire NPCs, human NPCs, entertainments. Uh, <laughs> there's a table here for names of racing bats and vampire fads and pub names and theatrical productions. Let's do a couple of these. Let's do a theatrical production. Uh, the, um, the orange girl, a dismal swamp, and if the cap fits. I'm not sure I did that right. Oh, these are these are just titles. I just would roll one. So like the Orange Girl or um, Only a Clod, right? <laughs> these are titles of plays that are playing in the Vampire Theater. Um, racing bat names: uh, Hercules, Lenore, the Big Fellow, Lucky Pippin, right? Uh, vampire fads: um, uh, Zeppelins, uh, pointed shoes, right? <laughs> Croquet. Um, yeah, so this is really cool. Vampire cuisine, human meals, cocktails, parlor games. And then, um, as if this wasn't enough, there's a full-on uh, adventure called The Crimson Countess. It's a, It looks like a train heist of some sort. I have not read this one, but there, it looks really cool. There's uh, maps. There's, um, you know, different generative things. There's, uh, it's just, there's a maps of the train, so you can see, like, different cars in the train. Uh, um, there's a, a bunch of NPC passengers, which of course could be used for other things as well. And then uh, you of course have your character sheet. So um, brilliantly designed on every level, right? Even the criminal record, the character sheet is really well done. Like it has your doom track at the bottom and it marks that on a three, you gain a folly. On a five, you can start sabotaging. On a six, you hit your awful end. Um, 
Yeah, just uh, and the whole thing is released as a Creative Commons share alike international license. Oh, sorry, Creative Commons attribution share alike international license. So, um, and it tells you all the things you're free to do: share, adapt, um, how to attribute it, um, how to share it. But um, just just a uh, uh, a masterpiece of a zine, right? Masterpiece. You've got to have this. Uh, even if the idea of vampire heists don't appeal to you, I kind of feel like the tables would still be useful if you ever play anything in the gothic horror kind of vibe or even that kind of gritty Warhammer fantasy kind of vibe. Um, you, you, you'll make use of this zine. If, if not, it's just fun to read and look at. So I, I don't know. I, have I gushed enough? I think I've gushed enough. Um, I'll stop talking about it, but I love the zine. Again, Blood Heist. It's a zine by uh, Leo Hunt and Lewis Garvey. I got it through Zine Quest 3. Um, I may. I, say, I was going to say I would buy it all over again. I may actually go buy a few couple copies of it if I can and um, give them out to some friends because this, this, I haven't really felt, um, you know, every once in a while I get like just enamored with a game, right? I remember the um, inspectors being that way where I thought this is just a perfect game. Like it's a, you know, it's, it's perfect for what it is, right? It's not, I'm not saying it's the perfect game for everyone or for every situation, but um, for what it sets out to do, this one just fulfills all of its, it ticks all the boxes. It hits all the achievements that it needs to do um, to make itself a, a complete and full and uh, interesting and clear design. So um, high marks from me. Go out and check out Blood Heist. Oh, 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 I almost forgot. Um, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about this when I read Blood Heist, but or even when I kickstarted it, honestly. I just was attracted to the subject material. But um, and just barely, because vampires really aren't my thing. But but man, I'm glad I got on that train. Uh, the guy who wrote this and, and illustrated a lot of it, Leo Hunt, uh, sorry. I don't think he illustrated this one. He illustrated this other zine I'm going to talk about. Leo Hunt also did Vaults of Varn, which is one of my absolute favorite kind of sci-fi fantasy weirdness. I just call it weird fiction, um, BX-based setting. So I think Vaults of Varn has three zines already. Um, and I forgot to mention that both Blood Heist and Vaults of Varn have music associated with them. So they released a soundtrack, and I will put a link to one of the songs that you can play online in the show notes as well as places you can buy it. I see it's for sale for around 14 bucks uh, for a physical copy uh, from both Spearwitch and from Rooks Press. I believe Rooks Press is UK-based and Spearwitch is US-based. So if that helps you um, figure out shipping and whatnot, then I'll put links in to both. Absolute steal at $14. Go out, buy it, thank me later.